0: Klay Thompson, you just salvaged your season, my man. What an incredible game-winning shot in a game that Kylan, I thought, was way too close for comfort. But nonetheless, the Warriors win their first home game of the year. And just like that, they're back on the road. Kylan Mills and I are going to break it all down next. The Warriors win on a game winner by Klay Thompson. This is Locked On Warriors.
1: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team, every day. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. You can follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills. Super easy. It's her name. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotts's, on threads i gotta get that x out of uh, the graphic below me uh again on threads at dog wild that scene is blowing up kylan it was a hell of a game uh i again as i said before a little too close for comfort uh i was about to come into this program with a totally different direction uh and then clay thompson hits that dagger for the game winner your immediate reaction and how are you
1: Doing well, side. The positive thing is that the Warriors can play an ugly, sloppy game of basketball and still win. This is a game the Warriors should have run away with. They're playing at home against the Kings, who are missing their best player by a long shot. De'Aaron Fox is a very special player. Without him, the Warriors should have theoretically dominated. But as Clay Thompson pointed out in his post-game interview, it's a long NBA season. You're not going to play your best for 82 games, and good teams will find ways to win even when they're not on. And the Warriors struggled a bit from three. They had too many turnovers. That was one key issue, especially down the stretch. I mean, Steph had a couple that I was just like scratching my head or just shaking my head at rather. Um, so, turnovers were an issue. The three point shot wasn't falling, but the Warriors found a way to win. And that's a great sign because at the end of the day, good teams find ways to win on off nights. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what the Warriors did. And it's still fun to watch the Dubs win in this kind of fashion. It's good practice for the postseason and later on in the season to be able to execute in those late game tight situations. It's something the Warriors really struggled with last season. Early on in this season, they've had a little bit of shaky fourth quarter play. So I think it was a big positive. They were able to close out. Klay Thompson hits a clutch shot. And hopefully that provides him a lot of confidence moving forward because Clay, we've talked about, has been a little hot and cold, a little bit up and down, you know, streaky in terms of his shooting. And I oh, yeah. think it's a really positive sign for him to hit a shot like that. It was a really tough shot. Uh, You know, the Kings didn't fall apart by any means guarding Mm. him. I mean, it looked like Keegan Murray was going to get there for the block from behind um, and he managed to get the shot off. He rose up and it was a difficult shot off the dribble. Um, So, you know, I want to give Clay a lot of credit for hitting that shot in a very clutch situation. um, And I'm hoping that it'll do a lot for his confidence moving forward. So overall, I think if you're the Warriors, you walk away happy one, but still a lot of things to look at and room for improvement.
0: Yeah, it was uh There, there, there were a few things there that stuck out to me in this game. I, you know, I have my notes as I always do, just drawing these things down throughout the game. I thought Clay's shot was beautiful early. Uh, like, like there was a moment, for example, where uh, he hit a three pointer with nothing but net. Um, I think he was in the first quarter, and then and then Kerr had called the timeout like a split second before he hit that three, so they took the three away, and you could tell uh, Clay was a little frustrated by that. And then Kerr again, one of the things that he is masterful at is scripting plays out of timeouts and so what does he do he makes clay happy he scripts a three for him clay hits it i thought his shot was beautiful He he had excellent touch um you know and one thing that is that's really been standing out to me about clay this season even though he's been struggling for the most part shooting like just to give his numbers real quick tonight six for 15 from the field one for four from beyond the arc uh had 14 points including that game winner but almost almost night in night out he's been really solid in the plus minus like tonight he led the team in plus-minus with 10, um, which I think is indicative partly to his defense, uh, partly to uh, smart offensive play, even if the shooting hasn't been overly efficient. He'd had just two turnovers tonight and 30 minutes of play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and like you said, I think this is hopefully a, a morale booster for him where he can build off this. Uh, there were But a couple of things that were interesting to, to me in this game uh, that stuck out was the Warriors went to the... Their backup unit, their second unit, which is uh, entering tonight's game, was second in the NBA uh, in plus minus. The Warriors bench has been incredible. We've been talking a lot about depth. Kerr went to it earlier than usual. He went to it at like the four-minute mark of the first quarter. um, And then the Kings rebounded uh, or adjusted with a zone D. And I think that flummoxed the Warriors. Did you notice that as well? And uh, what were your thoughts on that if you did? Uh,
1: And, you know, I think. Definitely the zone defense maybe threw them a little bit for a wrench, but I just think that the Warriors' second unit started slow. I mean, early on in the game, it just it, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't looking good. I mean, Chris Paul didn't score in the first half, and he had a very quiet night overall, finishing with two points. He did have eight assists, which is key because he mm-hmm. does facilitate, but still – he couldn't hit a shot in the first half. Uh, Kaminga had a couple, so he had some nice runs, but Moses Moody had, I think, one point. He had a quiet night as well, but in that first half, like he was a little bit slow in the minutes that he got. Sharich uh, was struggling as well early on. He ended up finding um, his shot more, and I think he ended up making a, a three triples, if I'm not mistaken, but it just for some reason the second unit was not clicking early on in this game and and it was a struggle uh like i said especially in the first half um but you know the warriors were able to grind it out and you know were able to get the win so that's you know all the positives you can take away i still feel confident in the warriors bench basically that's oh, you know my yeah. biggest takeaway not the best night but i do think the warriors do still have that depth that's going to be key later on in the season
0: Oh, for sure, and and I think Kev and Joe both nailed it perfectly. Kev writes because the starters kept blowing leads. Yeah, the starters were just really slow sure. uh, out of the gate tonight. Um yeah. they just were flat in a lot of ways. But then Joe, I, you you took the words out of my mouth that we saw Clay come back in and play with that second unit to bust that zone. I think that was uh, Kerr's intention there. Um, that zone was really causing issues uh, for the Warriors tonight. But again, they they come out with the win. Um, I, I don't know why I suddenly have this reputation for just a few fringe lunatics out there like Trina who suddenly paint me as like a clay hater all I'm done in the show until like, you know, the preseason and early this season has shown clay. Nothing but love. Uh, I don't get that, but whatever, if you want to go off and live in your fantasy land with that weird little, uh, idea, go for it. Uh, that's your prerogative. But again, it hits the game winner, his third in his career. Uh, I, you know, I have to look at, look up what the other two, uh, game orders are that he's hit. Cause I don't have any memory of when else he has done this. Um, but let's talk about the bench for a second. And I guess let's talk about the, the one thing that sticks out to me in general, not just with the bench, but the whole team. Um, the Warriors got killed on the glass tonight. Uh, you know, the, the Kings came into this game without De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so you knew they were going to adjust things a little bit. Uh, JaVale McGee was, was just eating them up inside. Dario Saric had his struggles at times, uh, defending DeMontis Sabonis. Um, but when when it comes to rebounding, they got slaughtered 48-36 on the glass. Uh, and the offensive rebounds didn't help either. They the Kings had 14 just to the Warriors seven. And games like these tonight, look, the Warriors won. We're stoked, right? But I in my opinion, it shouldn't have been this close. And this is yeah. where a game like this would I, I oh, really yeah. would have relished seeing Trace Jackson Davis out there. I wouldn't have minded seeing like a much bigger lineup. Like one lineup that came in my head, for example, was what was maybe seeing a lineup that has Trace Jackson-Davis, Dario Sharj, and Kaminga, right? That would be a big lineup because Kaminga can handle that wing position, but he's also still 6'8", right? So he gives you size. Um, and then Brandon Pajewski averaged 8.8 rebounds a game in college. I feel like he would have helped you. Um, were you thinking the same thing? What, what, what were your thoughts as you saw the Warriors getting killed throughout the night on the glass?
1: I wanted to see more uh, Trace Jackson Davis for sure. Uh He's a player that we've talked about extensively on the show. I think that he's, played really well in the preseason he's played well in the regular season minutes that he's gotten I think he's proven that he's ready to play at this level we just talked about him on Monday night he's a lot more skillful than I thought he also has a lot of attributes of a traditional big he's good inside I think his defense has held up a lot better than I thought it would he has the rebounding ability Um, so for sure I think when the Warriors are getting beat on the glass he is a player that they should be looking to Um, you know another thing that stood out to me though was Jonathan Kaminga, a player who we've talked about, has to be more active on the glass. He finished Mm -hmm. tonight with just one board. He did have a couple of nice finishes, some nice baskets. But to me, he's also a player that needs to carry more of that workload on the glass, uh, especially in games where the Warriors are struggling. We talked about it the other night, Monday night. They were successful in rebounding. And a big reason why is that everyone contributed Nine, ten guys had three, two, three, plus or more boards. Um, so you can't have a night where Jonathan Kaminga just doesn't bring in any rebounds. Um, even Moses Moody had three looking at the uh, stat sheet, but I just think that there are a couple of guys who could have done a little bit more on the glass in addition to, I would have liked to see Trace Jackson Davis.
0: Yeah, I don't that was weird. I looked at it. I didn't realize he only grabbed one rebound until I saw the box score. and because there wasn't a single play that sticks out to me where I was thinking back going, Damn it, Kaminga, why didn't you attack the glass there? Why weren't you hustling there? Like, I can't think of any plays where you could single out Kaminga for not grabbing the boards, but it is weird. He only grabbed one for the night. Clay uh, just had two rebounds. Draymond uh, just had two rebounds. Uh, and Draymond played 27 yeah. minutes uh, to Kaminga's 17. So there were a lot of players out there. Andrew Wiggins only had two rebounds. There, It seemed like it was across the board. I just, I just think the, the Kings had a bigger lineup out there. Um, and they were taking advantage of the Warriors being smaller, but I I hear you. It's, it's a lot of blame to go around in terms of the rebounding numbers. Again, the the Warriors got killed 48, 36, um, but they still won and that's all that matters. The Warriors are now four and one. Uh, we got to come back in just a moment after I give some love, we got to give some love to our one sponsor for this evening. And that is FanDuel, the official sponsor of or official sports book, I'm sorry, of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let me get that graphic up there. Um, there we go. FanDuel and score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. You get that if you just win a five dollar money line bet. So, for example, if you had bet on the Warriors tonight. Uh, who I believe are seven and a half point favorites did not cover that spread, but you don't need a spread with the money line. So all you would have had to do is bet five bucks on the Warriors to win. You would have won that bet. And then FanDuel would have put in $150, just slid it right in there, not into your DMs, but into your account. And you would have had 150 bones to play with right there. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. We still have uh, NFL action. The NBA is in full steam. If you want to bet on hockey, if you want to bet on I feel like soccer is year-round. Is there ever a time of season when there is no soccer season, Kylan?
1: Uh it depends on what kind of soccer, but internationally, no, because okay. if you follow leagues overseas, then yeah, there's always something.
0: There you go. And and so FanDuel can always be there for you 24-7, because there's always something to bet on. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors. uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm like fumbling over my words. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day for the everydayers uh friday night is another game the warriors are back on the road and as with every post game show unless we otherwise let you know make sure you catch us right here for the live action this warriors team is now four and one kylan people by the way you folks can follow kylan mills on all social media platforms at kylan mills you can follow me cyrus thoughts on threads not that x down there uh i'm gonna get that fixed right away at on threads at dog wild um so did you notice a play by the way so the other night uh i i pointed out and uh that that steve kerr I, I just didn't think it was very smart but whatever steve kerr was pointing to his head the other night i don't know if you noticed this um i think this was a show i did with greg silver and this was uh the rockets game i believe um where jonathan kaminga committed a dumb foul uh and steve kerr was the, the cameras went to him he was like he was doing this gesture to his head like not a smart play right um and then tonight You saw him, uh, the Warriors called a timeout, and he was, like, yelling at Moses Moody. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, uh, but basically it was a a play. And, again, the Warriors were sloppy tonight. I don't know if you mentioned the turnover numbers, but just to remind people, uh, the Warriors tonight finished, um, if I have this box score correctly. 17 turnovers. Say it again, I'm sorry? 17 turnovers. To to 12 for the Kings. Um, And one of those turnovers was uh, uh, Stephen Curry, who himself – um had seven of those turnovers tonight one of those seven jesus one of those seven turnovers was a pass to moody and steve kirk called the timeout right away and he was yelling wake up at moody like just yeah like like, he didn't think moody was was alert enough to come to the ball to come back for the pass later on towards the end of the game i don't know if you noticed this Draymond green was livid at moody because he thought moody should have a cut to the basket for a pass would have been a sketchy pass. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know if in, in all honesty, if Draymond was yelling specifically at Moody. I don't know if you saw either of, the, either of those two plays. Does that matter to you? Is that just part of the game? What are your thoughts on that, Kylan?
1: Uh, I didn't notice where you mentioned during a timeout that Kerr was yelling at Moody. I know exactly the play you're talking about. There actually were two different plays where Curry, well, there was another one that I think almost was a turnover, but where Curry was trying to connect with Moody and then and ended up turning the ball over I mean, he could have checked to the ball for sure. I also think it was a little bit of a telegraphed pass. And some of the blame does have to be on Steph um, as much as he is a vet. There are still times where he can clean up his turnovers that you just mentioned the numbers for Steph way too high. He had a series where he had like two or three in a row. Um, and you're just like, Steph, come on. And you could see he was frustrated with himself. He's aware of it. Um, but I specifically remember that play with Moody where I think that, you know, Steph could have also taken some of the blame, although I get Steve Kerr uh, wanting Moody to be a little more aware and checking in the ball. But I mean, I think it's all part of the game in terms of whether he was yelling at Moody or yelling at someone else. I mean, just the thing is (laughs) someone pointed out in the chat, bet you Kerr wasn't yelling at Steph. And yeah, you know, I think that there is a little bit more leeway for some of the vets and Steve Kerr knows, you know, that Steph doesn't need to be told Uh, about (laughs) mistakes made on a turnover he's earned that right whereas some of the young guys they do need to be coached up a little bit more um Jesse Brown saying that Draymond was not yelling at Moody he was just reacting to the fact that the play did not work um and that's a possibility I know what time when you were talking about on that one too but I didn't realize that he was yelling specifically at Moody as well I I hope hope that's
0: that's true yeah Yeah, I I thought
1: he was just yelling in frustration um so I, I don't Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not positive about that specific play. Um, But overall, evaluating Moses Moody, it was a quiet night for him. The shots weren't falling. Not great. But I did still like that he brought defensive energy and hustle. That one block on Kevin Herter was so fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. And to me, to see him continue to battle, to come out and hustle and play hard defense, despite the fact that he wasn't successful offensively, was still a positive sign, shows growth, shows maturity. He had another couple plays where he like broke up a pass, he prevented. I think there was a time where Keegan Murray was trying to get to the basket. He prevented him from getting through and and getting uh, a three as well. But I thought he still played good defense and he hustled and he ran hard. So those were some positives to take away, even though offensively wasn't really working for him tonight.
0: Totally. You know, there was a lot of positives tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to, and again, I, I sit there and write these notes throughout the game uh, and, and I hope some of them work out for the show. And I think a few of these are going to really shine in terms of positives. And, and these are maybe subtle. Maybe people noticed them. Maybe they didn't. Uh, but, Kylan, I'm going to run each of these uh, past you. Let me know what you think. First things first, I'm noticing uh, Jonathan Kaminga's decision-making drastically improved from a year ago. Uh, there was a play, for example, I believe this was in the second quarter, um, where he he normally, I feel like, in years one or two, would have, proceeded to attack the rim. He was heavily guarded, um, but it said he passed up what would have been a difficult drive uh, for an easy pass to Sharich. Sharich made the bucket, and then the very next play, he gets past the ball, I believe, at the, at the top of the key and drains an easy three. And these subtle things, I think, are, are signs of maturity, signs of the game starting to slow down for him a little bit. When the Kings were playing that zone D on that second unit, Kaminga made a few huge buckets inside in the in the paint. Um, uh, just some mid-range floaters uh, because those are the holes in a defense when you're playing against a zone. Um, Are you noticing that as, as well um, or not? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think Kaminga's continued to progress in a number of ways. Uh, The decision-making is better. The shot selection is better. He's not forcing it offensively. Um, Just want to take a look here at his final numbers really quick. Ended up four for nine from the floor, one for two from three a board and assist Uh, he did finish with 12 points. And then I was trying to remember he did have a steal, which I thought was another positive sign, decent defensively, just one turnover and two fouls. Um, So I think there are a number of ways that he's just continuing to make better decisions and and to be just a smarter and more mature player. I think that's certainly one of them that you pointed out, but I just think overall, he definitely has made significant progress. The only area that I see room for it not the only but you know the biggest area i see room for improvement is just trying to get the rebounding numbers up night in and night out because we've seen nights where six, seven boards, he pulls them in. And then other yeah. nights like tonight where he's just super quiet. So just trying to consistently get on the glass. I agree with you though. Something you said earlier was, you know, I don't know if there was one or two plays that stand out to me where it was like, oh my gosh, because that has happened before. It was like egregious that he like didn't go after the ball, but still, he also needs to be proactive, uh, you know, especially with the Warriors lack of size um, and when they're going up against a bigger lineup, like the Kings have, he does need to look to be more aggressive and, you know, over the top. Um, But I'm happy with the progress Kaminga's made this season. I think that he looks much more mature than a year ago.
0: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then there was also a play, uh, you know, I've been uh, partly jovial in in criticizing Steve Kerr for not winning coaching challenges. He won one tonight. I don't know if you noticed that it was an egregious call. Oh, It was a
1: terrible call. You're talking about that charge
0: elaborate please. Yes. Yeah, in case yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, well
1: that was, that was a no brainer. That was a no brainer. I mean, whether it was a charge or block, like that was an awful call. Clearly the feet were still moving. Um, Steve Kerr was right on the money uh, in challenging that, right? Like that was a no brainer. Like, I think everyone who saw that you saw the feet moving like that absolutely should have been a, that should have been a defensive foul. There was no way that was an offensive foul. His feet absolutely. were not set. So that was, yeah, that was just to me, bad call no questions asked but I'm glad that Steve Kerr won a challenge (laughs) no matter how he got it done even if it was an obvious call uh fair enough I was I was yeah glad to see him win that but it was it was a terrible call like it was it was awful and and I I
0: feel like I've I've singled her out before for just missing some blatant ones that was really bad um but regardless yeah so Kaminga made the made the free throw for a three-point play on that uh on that specific coaching challenge that again they won Another thing I'm noticing, which is a huge positive, and I don't know if it reflects in the box score tonight, um, but the Warriors are night and day, in my opinion, between last year and this year in terms of getting to the line, in terms of getting free throw attempts. And that's where uh, I think uh, Chris Paul is making a difference. I think that's one of the many facets of Kaminga's game that has uh, shown growth. He's he's getting to the, to the line a lot more now, partly because he's attacking. And it really stuck out to me because in the second quarter, is around the five-minute mark, uh, the Warriors were in the bonus. And there have been a lot of games last year. My God, I mean it was like all season long. Um, So this year, though, I mean in terms of the free or tonight, I'm sorry, in terms of the free throws, uh, the Warriors had 15 free throw attempts to 23 uh, for the Kings. And and again, part of that is the Kings are a much bigger team. You're gonna go to the line more when you're a bigger team because those big dudes are getting fouled more often um, by smaller players but are you what are your thoughts on the warriors actually like getting to the line i mean i mean those are free points that they're finally getting again what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah, it's been much better this season. I, I also, that second quarter is the one that stood out to me because they were able to get into the bonus so quickly, but they're just being more aggressive and smarter. Someone just mentioned in the chat, though. Uh, where was it? Oh, Kev F says, CP3 teaching them all his tricks, and that actually made me laugh. Uh-huh. And I do wonder how much uh, Chris Paul might be having an effect on that because he is the king of drawing contact. I don't want to say acting. He's on our team now, so I'm not trying to be critical, but uh, he is very good at getting calls in addition to drawing contact. He is very good at making it uh, apparent, Um, which now that he's on, you know, on the Warriors, that's great. Uh, We'll take it. So I do wonder uh, if cp 3 has been a factor at all, but the Warriors are doing a much better job. And to me, if you're not a big team, like you said, that's drawing the fouls inside, you have to be aggressive and attacking the basket because, players aren't just going to follow you shooting threes. You have to be attacking the basket and they have to be aggressive. And I just think the Warriors have done a better job of that this season. Um, so that's one thing that stood out in this game. I think they had the advantage in points in the paint. Do you have the box score up?
0: I do. Uh the point Warriors are be- doing a good
1: job of getting the ball inside. and That's where you're going to draw fouls and you're going to get more contact and you're going to end up at the line more. And I Thought they had the advantage tonight because they did do a good they job of that.
0: They did. They they out they uh they outscored the Kings in points in the paint 46 to 38. Uh, incredibly, the Warriors had less field goal attempts in the paint. They had 38 field goal attempts in the paint to 41 for the Kings, but the Kings were missing a lot of them. The Kings were just 19 for 41 from the from inside the paint, where the Warriors were 23 of 38. Uh, part of that is also Gary the II, who's always savvy inside. Um, did you? Was it weird to you, by the way, that the Warriors, despite having a night where they're getting killed on the glass, their lineup the last two minutes and change was Curry, Chris Paul, Gary Payton II, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Clay's the tallest player in that lineup. What well, that was, I, I, yeah, that was wild to me. I, I'm really stoked the Warriors came away, came, away, came away with the win tonight um, because some of the decisions uh, in terms of the players coming in and out were baffling uh, and I don't know did you think that too or were you comfortable that, that? literally
1: that exact lineup had me scratching my head also <laughs> yeah. because Gary Payton the second is the team's defensive specialist and not that he doesn't have his moments offensively but like the Warriors were trailing and and you know they were trading bucket for bucket with the Kings quite often but like a minute 30 to go the Warriors were trailing they need a basket why do you have the smallest lineup on the floor with Gary Payton the second
0: yeah, but like, it worked out. I think that, I think the logic was Gary. Look, Malik Monk is inc- is an incredible player. It, it, it kind of blows my mind that the guy is not a, a perennial All Star because every time I feel like he attacks the paint, he attacks, he drives to the rim, he scores, or at least he comes close. Like he and he's and he's a solid three point shooter. I don't I don't get why he's not he doesn't have bigger numbers. Why he doesn't have more accolades than he does. He's a, he's a fantastic player. And I, f- I think that Gary Payne, the second move was partly to defend him. That would be my yeah. guess. Uh, but yeah, that, that was weird. Um, I don't know what's going on in the chat, by the way, what is going on in the chat? Are you following this Kylan? There's like, there's like fighting about Jordan pool. There's like some Kings. I don't know what's going on in there. I just don't know if it's worth touching it, touching on it or not. I don't know, but yeah, there's, there's some drama going on there, whatever. Uh, have fun. Um, <laughs> I, I just can't follow what's going on, but there seems to be some drama in our in our chat. Uh, I love our fans, so hope everyone's doing okay there. Um. Anyway, so Gary Payne the second, real fast, his box score. Uh, tw- he played 22 minutes tonight. Uh, again, just had four points. You know, you don't usually rely on Gary Payne second for the numbers. Um, but I really love the fact, and I posted this actually. One thing with threads I like is you can write longer posts. You have a much uh, a longer character limit. So I can actually just write borderline little mini like columns, and I, I gave Steve Kerr his due, and I, and I, if I do a show tomorrow, I'm gonna dedicate this dedicate the show even more so to Steve Kerr because so I think he's doing a, a solid job this year. And one of the things he's doing that I think is great is giving Gary Payne the second minutes. Like th- that was one thing that two years ago, I, look, they won the title, but it was a, it was a point of contention for me because Gary Payne the second two years ago didn't even make the final roster. He had to clear waivers. And then the team decided to not uh go with Avery Bradley. They went with Gary Payne the 2nd instead. It took him a long time to start earning minutes in the rotation. I, and to me, he's a guy who you should be night in night out giving 20 minutes plus, guaranteed. Like he deserves that. And Kerr's doing that this year. So I want to give Kerr his his kudos for actually playing Gary Payne the 2nd cuz the dude makes such a difference. I mean, I guarantee you ask any opposing player like which which Warriors individual is causing the most havoc and it's probably the answer is probably going to be Gary Payne the second um so uh what what are people writing here Uh, and so anyway so I just I just want to give Gary Payne the second uh and Steve Kerr their due anything you want to add on Gary Payne the second
1: no happy to see him playing and I also just think Kerr needs his due on playing the youngsters I hope it continues uh I mean that's the other Biggest standout thing to me about the way Kerr has been coaching early on in the season is giving Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody opportunities. And I want to see continued opportunities for Trace Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajemski. That's going to be key to me moving forward in the season. I think they both have a lot to offer. They've both shown they can play at this level. They can contribute. And there should be times where the Warriors are able to work them into the rotation. So I'm looking for Kerr to continue to do that. I'm still not sold on how small he's been going at times, like we just pointed out late late on this game. But he does deserve credit not only for playing GP2, but playing the young guys. And I hope that he continues to find opportunities to play the rookies as well.
0: Absolutely, no. I'm totally with you. I, I want, I want more Pajemski. I want more Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I'm, I'm totally with you on that because it solves so many of these size issues. It solves the, the rebounding edge again tonight. They were out rebounded uh, versus the Sacramento Kings, forty eight to thirty six. Um, but I think even more startling uh, in terms of discrepancies is the fact that the Kings had fourteen offensive rebounds to just seven for the Warriors. Yeah. You play Brandon Pajemski. You play Trace Jackson Davis. You don't have that problem. Those two are almost like specialists uh, in that department. So I really do wish uh, that 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 would happen. But um, another positive. Are you ready for positives? Are are we going to go too far with positives or can we not have enough positives? Uh, Here's another positive that I noticed. Um, One thing last year, which I thought was sorely lacking for the Warriors, and a lot of people brought this up and it's a very subtle thing. It doesn't show up in the box score um, unless people actually discuss it or report on it. Uh, You're never going to learn about it because, again, it doesn't show up in terms of measurables. But the Warriors bench, uh, there was a lack of emotion last year. There was a lack of that pizzazz that sometimes you uh, have in in previous years, especially with championship teams, uh, that Dub nation has been accustomed to, right? Stephen Curry goes on a heater. He goes on a huge run. And you see the bench just going ape feces, right? They're going nuts. And last year, we didn't really see that. One play that really stuck out this year – or tonight, I'm sorry – uh, in line with with uh, the emotional boost that uh, a good chemistry in your bench gives you, Brandon Pajemski uh, doing the the flex. Uh, I can't. Who was it that made the basket? I, I don't. I don't think it was Draymond. I, I can't remember who it was now. Maybe it was Moody. Um, but I, the point is, I'm seeing a lot more love. I'm seeing a lot more life, a lot more energy from the bench, and I think that does make a subtle difference. It's subtle, but it makes a difference. Uh, do you agree with that, or are you not seeing it? What are your thoughts on the bench?
1: Makes a huge difference. The Warriors last year were lacking, not just on the bench, but on the team overall, the joy. Someone pointed yes. out in our chat yes. on Monday, and I meant to point it out during the show, and I forgot. So if you're the one who dropped the comment in our chat on Monday, appreciate it. The Warriors are playing with joy, is what the uh, one of our viewers' uh, fans said. And that's absolutely apparent. And a lot of that does come from the chemistry, not just of the group, but the energy that's brought on the bench. It absolutely affects the way the guys on the floor play. They feel it. They feed off of it. And there has been a noticeable difference this year. Um, Last year, it was just so strange. Like, it just felt so depressing on the bench. Like, every time they showed shots of the Warriors bench, like, guys weren't excited. They weren't on their feet. They weren't happy. Um, They were moping. It just – it was – odd because that's not been the dna of the warriors in the last decade um throughout their last championship runs um so it does seem that the bench not only is playing better on the court but they are bringing the energy um when they're not on the court and it's huge and it's absolutely huge you love to see you mentioned Pajemski and some of the young guys bringing it and feeding into the positive culture as well just seems like the warriors have started the season on a totally different foot than a year ago so there's a lot of positives to be taken away um, and I think that's Absolutely. definitely one of them. I, you know, just the chemistry this team has, the way they're gelling, it it just seems totally, totally different. And I was just looking at some of the post game comments while um we were chatting here on the show, and I think Draymond said something not necessarily about the chemistry, but that was just telling. He said that he feels like the makeup of this Warriors team is what's going to lead them to success in the postseason he said this team has size we have depth we have ball handlers we have scores we have shooters we have defenders i can walk in the locker room look around and know when it comes down to it we're always going to have a shot to win that's what Draymond green said in the postseason today and and he's right even on off nights even on ugly nights even when the three isn't falling even when they're turning the ball over too much this team does have a good combination and mix of skill that is going to allow them to compete night in and night out. And the chemistry piece is also a huge part of it. Totally different feel uh, compared to a year ago, which is awesome because a year ago, I'm not going to talk about what was going on a year ago, but uh, it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. We'll just say that.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Ken Mamba asked, uh, this is going off with Charles Berkeley said the other night saying the Warriors are cooked uh saying that the fourth best team in Cali no absolutely not uh and I want to I want to touch on the Nuggets in a second because they lost their first game of the year tonight as well Uh, because they're clearly uh the standard bearer for who the Warriors have to overcome uh I, I there I, I was trying to find yeah go ahead sorry Were you I was something? gonna
1: say did you watch the Sun Spurs game yes that was a wild one um... that was a
0: very wild one yeah it, it was it's uh well, it was of interesting
1: action happening around. So I just brought it up because the Suns are another team to, to kind of watch in the West.
0: Uh, well, and, uh, well, for the, well, if, if we're going to talk about the Suns, I want to uh, raise attention to the NBA to check them out for load management. Uh, you have two of your three superstars sitting out night after night for minor injuries. Uh, why don't you do a little investigating there? Check out what's going on with that load management because a minor back strain, a minor foot injury, and you're sitting out games left and right. Yeah, well I thought load management was supposed to be uh, uh banished. By the way, uh Steve Kerr, real quick, let's hear from him. Uh he he explained uh Gary Payne the second's uh the reasoning for playing Gary Payne the second at the end of the game tonight. We were just talking about that a moment ago. Here's Coach Kerr. You close with GP two, uh it was that specifically a monk matchup. Yeah, yeah. And no wiggins again to close. It's just the way this is gonna work sometimes. Yeah, I mean no no wigs, no. Looney the last uh, three minutes but that you know it doesn't mean it's going to be like that all the time it was a matchup thing they went smaller um which is when we went to gary uh when they brought monk in i think around the three minute mark and uh, gary's our best matchup against him see that's why you 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 come to the show folks that is why you come to the show folks we told you exactly that's the reason you are on why. the money,
1: yeah, you are on the yeah. money, and it made it that made the most sense. It just still was such a small lineup, I was just kind of like ooh, holding my breath. Uh,
0: one last positive, uh, in my notes, and I think we have time for this real fast. Uh, I thought Clay Thompson late in the game double teaming Sabonis because Sabonis kept eating Sharch up. Um, look, Sharch is he's not perfect, I, I love him on this team. The fact that he stretches the floor offensively is huge. Uh, he, I, I noticed him toughening up in the game, like his rebounds started to have a little extra vigor to him, but, uh, he was having a hard time defending Sabonis and there was a play, uh, again, it was either late third quarter, maybe it was in the fourth. Um, but clay came in there and double teamed him. And I think he got a block and caused a turnover. I thought that was huge. And it's a little thing sometimes to make all the difference in the world. So kudos to clay Thompson, wrapping it up back to him, hitting the game winner. Any final thoughts, Kylan on the warriors? Now, four and one to start the season. Uh, they have the second best record in the NBA, or at least in the Western Conference. And it's a tough Western Conference. So, for the Warriors to be four and one, very impressive. Your final thoughts?
1: Four straight wins. Now they got to get it done more on the road. So, big test to come, and we'll be back at it soon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever's going on in the chat tonight, uh, I hope you all worked it out and find <laughs> peace. Um, but, great show as always, Kylan. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone joining us. Uh, 945. Look, geez. And when I say 945, I don't mean the time, that means that's how many people are literally in our stream right now. That is incredible. I can't thank you, folks, enough. Um, thank we'll be you. back on this Friday, if not sooner. Thank you, Kylan. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back at this soon. Bye bye. Night night. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right.